This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Watch. We're going to talk some basketball. I know it's July. I know it's Big Ten Media Days week. But, but, Fred Hoiberg and his guys, they started practice. So, kind of exciting times here because, literally, we don't know anything about this team as far as, like, what this team's going to look like, how they practice, how they play. They get 10 official practices, Robin, before they go off to Italy. Now, media from Nebraska will be allowed in later. Uh, John Rothstein, is he from CBS? Yeah, he he works for uh, CBS Sports, Sports Illustrated, uh, WFAN, hosts his own podcast, kind of all over the place. One of, just one of those national college basketball personalities. But he was in practice watching uh, opening day, right? Yeah, he's doing a little tour. He was at Creighton the day before um, and just making multiple stops around the country of teams that are intriguing and Nebraska certainly fits that bill and uh, they opened the doors to him a little earlier so not salty just a little bitter how great's his job by the way like well if you want to live on your cell phone and like never get off twitter I mean for the rest of your entire life then that's the job for you because literally those guys like him and uh, Jeff Goodman and Jeff Barzillo VSPN like those guys are online dialed in at all times because they don't cover just one team they cover recruiting for every team they cover like coaching news for every team and so like if you miss something by like five minutes it's uh basically and, like and, why even report it and espn doesn't even have do they have a guy like that anymore yeah jeff borzello okay he, he's their he, guy he's, he's their college basketball guy because cats left there and mm-hmm. he was kind of that guy before but all right what what did what were some of the takes that came out i mean when you look at some of the tweets and observations anything just say oh that got my attention uh, you know, not really. I think more of anything, it was uh, confirmation of stuff or you know thoughts that uh, maybe we were starting to have. Um, you know, he he said basically like that he gave a starting lineup that was um, with here's Mateka. Uh, so Cam Mack, Gervais Green, Hanif Cheatham, Mateka Voss, and uh, Yvonne Wade-Rogo. And obviously, Yvonne Wade-Rogo isn't even in the United States right now. He's still practicing with the France national team for the FIBA championships in Greece. And so maybe that's more of an indication that uh, there's not a lot to work with right now as far as Nebraska's front court, which we knew. Uh, So he's projecting a guy that he's never seen play before to be a starter. That's staff Uh, intel probably. Maybe, maybe. And I know they really like him, but the fact is that he's he's not here yet. So anyway, so and then Mateka Vaz was interesting. Uh, I think a lot of people just assumed he'd be an off-the-bench guy, but uh, you know, Rothstein called him an elite shooter with an effortless stroke, which, I mean, he was one of the top 10 three-point shooters in all of college basketball last year. So that you know, further confirms that, that, I mean, he is that he's a legit three-point specialist that Nebraska hasn't had in a long, long time. It's like Eric Pajkowski. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he's, he's as good as there is in It's been in like 20 basketball. years since they've had a guy that could actually, like when you, he gets the ball, I mean, Andrew White, could hit him but not like at that level yeah Andrew Wright was he was a he was a very good shooter but uh like John Rothstein said Mateka Voss is an elite shooter like a Kyle not Kyle Cor- I'm not gonna say he's Kyle Corver but like a guy where every time he got a three-point shot you thought it was gonna go I mean, in. he shoots 46 47 percent for his career so I mean that says everything you need to know I mean he makes almost half of his three-pointers it's like better than some guys free throw percentages yeah, no doubt and so uh, other notables uh he said Shamil Stevenson uh, he said he expected him to use Stevenson's a 6'6 230 ish pound transfer from Nevada via Pittsburgh who 
We still don't know a waiver update on him. Uh, they're trying to get a waiver to make him immediately eligible uh, coming off his transfer. Uh, they haven't heard anything yet. But one thing to keep in mind, uh, Isaac Copeland's waiver uh, wasn't granted until September. So this thing could potentially go on for another couple months before we hear anything on that. But I think as, as far as every comment Fred Hoiberg has made, they still feel fairly confident about that situation. So uh, whenever he plays, uh, they expect, or Rothstein expects uh, Shamil to be used in the same kind of way as Melvin Ejim did at Iowa State, who, you know, was just kind of a big bruiser um, forward who could play in the block, but they also kind of created mismatches by bringing him out onto the perimeter to utilize his athleticism and, and quickness off the dribble. Uh, and then the, lastly, uh, Hanif Cheatham, who was the very first commitment uh, during this whole roster rebuild um, from Florida um, Gulf Coast, uh, who was originally at Marquette. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of things about him as well. Uh, Rothstein says he's a very good passer and a capable shooter and a potential glue guy to monitor. And that's where I think Cheatham's role is going to be as important as anything. You talk about this completely rebuilt roster with a whole bunch of new faces that have never even uh, seen each other until you know this week. Well, Hanif Cheatham's a he's a fifth year senior who has been around, played a lot of basketball at a high level, and he has a lot of leadership qualities to him. And so, you know, who's going to be that that Evan Taylor locker room, you know, vocal guy? I think Hanif Cheatham is going to naturally fall into that role. And I think this coaching staff is pushing him to go into that role. So again, that kind of further confirmed some uh, assumptions that we were already starting to make. So nothing groundbreaking, uh, but certainly for a guy, you know, of Rothstein who uh, doesn't have rose colored glasses or any, you know, bias to come in and uh, say a lot of the same things that uh, we've been hearing, you know, basically since Hoiberg took over, uh, like I said, that, that was good to kind of get some validation to some of those thoughts. So Robin, the team, they get two, 10 practices over about two weeks or how many, how many uh, weeks will they have to get well, these they 10 leave, in? Yeah, they leave August 3rd and you can do with whatever you want with those 10 practices and they're still going to hold workouts. And so, I mean, they can do all their like strength and conditioning stuff. It's a, and, I mean, so it's like a grind right now for these guys. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're been getting working, after it. Well, especially the dudes that just showed up. I mean, uh, you know, guys like Shamil Stevenson and Cam Mack and uh, Hanif Cheatham and Matej Kavas who had to finish up academic stuff at their previous institutions. I mean, they didn't arrive until the start of the second five-week session at the beginning of July. And so, I mean, they've uh, – all the other guys outside of uh, Wade Rogo were here, and they were working out, kind of getting used to everything, I mean, used to the campus and used to uh, the coaches and all that stuff. And now uh, everybody's here now, and so they're, they're ramping things up a bit. And so, you know, all those guys are – trying to crunch in a lot in a short amount of time. And now with these practices getting going, you're adding uh, an even further step up in, in kind of the, the grind they're going through right now. The other thing I, I thought was interesting that he noted was Fred Hoiberg puts a four-point line. Yeah, so yeah. there's a three-point line. Then is the four-point line then expanded out further? Yeah, than? it's just a few inches further out uh, from the three-point line. And keep in mind that that original three-point line is already moved out from what it was last year because the NCAA now adapted the FIBA rules where... To create more space. Right. It's basically just, well, for one, to make the three-point shot a little bit harder because people were hitting at an absurd rate, uh, but also to create uh, more spacing and, and in turn create more offense. And so Fred Hoiberg, uh, being the forward progressive thinker that he is, decided, you know what? Let's move it out even further. So it's only a few inches, but uh, we talk about a guy who the hallmark of his offensive system is spacing and pace and ball movement, shooting threes and getting to the rim. He wants the, he doesn't want two or three guys standing on the same side of the floor, which, uh, you know, uh, 
not to knock Tim Miles, but that happened far too often where uh, the driving lanes were being cut off by you know guys' own teammates sometimes because uh, did, people didn't know where they were supposed to be and didn't know how to play with spacing. And so I think that is something they're really hammering clearly from day one is nowhere to be on the floor, know how to move without the ball to where you are always in a position to be a threat. And so by doing this four-point line, you know, I mean, it, I think it's more just a mentality thing that um, don't worry about the three-point line. I need you back a few more inches to make sure we get the type of spacing that we need to operate correctly. All right, Robin, now you'll get access next week, right? The 23rd, we're doing a little uh, press conference session, uh, a couple players and Fred, and then uh, they're going to open up the first few minutes uh, of practice for you know TV and photographers to, to shoot pictures and whatnot. So that'll be our local media first real look at this team on the floor together. And they've so, been practicing inside the arena? They're doing both. I think they are going back and forth. I think they probably were just showing off PBA a little bit to the national guy. but Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Like, yeah. you, I mean, in July, you're using the arena for practice, but it, yeah. it, it kind of gets you up. I think the, the women's team practiced there earlier in the day, too. So, I mean, I think they're just kind of – maybe there's something going on at Hendricks. I don't know. But they do do – I mean, especially when you have a whole bunch of guys that have never played there before. I mean, that's your home arena that – Guys got to get used to shooting in that thing. So I'm sure there's some strategy behind that as well. All right. When we come back, we're going to bring in Husker Online intern Mike Wheeler. Uh, we'll take your questions in the mailbag. That's next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.